Thanks for joining us on the Failure to Freedom podcast. We will discuss topics of struggles in the workplace, relationships, finances, health, and personal life. The points in time where we've been at our lows and the freedom to fail our way to success. We're all failing. Steering our ship in the direction we think leads to land. Going head on into every storm life throws our way. This will be a journey unlike any other. We welcome you to join us as we dive deep into the open water that is our freedom. Join with me again today is Weston. Good morning, Weston. How are you today? I'm doing fantastic. And it is a pleasure to introduce our guest this morning. And that is Todd Weil from Weil Farms. A little bit about Todd. He holistically raises grass-fed cattle, poultry, and other livestock with regenerative practices in the same farm that he grew up on in Northwest Arkansas. He also owns and operates a sawmill uh, to create live edge tables and other forms of woodworking. And it's just now at this point in his life that things are really taking an exciting turn and creating a lot of income for him. And Todd, if you're there, how are you doing today? Very good, good. Where I'm at, it's it's a good afternoon. Happy to be here to talk to you today. Well, we're glad to have you. And our topic that we're discussing today is defy defeat. Uh, You could also say defiance in the face of defeat. And I know with farming, with even uh, some of the sawmill and live vegetables that you do, it's very easy to be hit with some setbacks some that are devastating and seem to upend everything that you're working towards. In our earlier conversations, you had mentioned that you have kind of deviated from having a plan. Instead, you choose to use a strategy now. And I think I understand that. I think that's meant to say that a plan has concrete steps that cannot be changed once they're written down. But a strategy is a little bit more flexible. Do you care to chime in on that and correct me if I'm wrong? Well, uh, I would say that the, the idea of plan versus strategy is not one I just came with up, up overnight, but it was uh, been developed over time when I started learning about the regenerative agriculture, you know, working in the context of a uh, how nature works versus trying to control it because with the, the trying to approach it from the plan think well this this when i first heard about it about 15 years ago i thought well i'll just everything will be different a year from now well it didn't necessarily work out that way and so uh animals that i had at the time they were part of an old system and they, some of them adapted, some of them didn't. And uh, so it, it was uh, developed over a course of time. And I'm, I'm glad you bring that up because not everybody has the perspective and understanding that you have with agriculture. And part of nature that I understand in this defy-defeat aspect that we're talking about is like considering a spider building the web, putting in a lot of time and effort and something that it needs to survive and thrive in nature. 
How many webs get torn down and destroyed? The spider doesn't even hesitate or think twice. He always rebuilds. And I think if I applied that to my own life, it doesn't matter how many times I start over. It doesn't matter the things that happen to me. I can always decide to start again. I can always decide that that is not enough to cause me to throw in the towel and give up. The same thing can be said for ants and their colonies, because assume it's even rain that floods out the colonies and those colonies get destroyed. It's not even other ants or animals that harmed them as much as there's nothing to even blame. This is just what nature did. But the ants don't stop either. They have resilience. And it's amazing to me that these small creatures can teach us lessons if only we were to listen. Well, and I know the topic of this discussion is defy f- defeat or, you know, f- defiance versus defeat. But one thing I'd like to also say with just being defeated is just because you're defeated in one way, shape or form, one point in your life, that doesn't have to be permanent. You know, there could always be a lesson that you learn when being defeated, when facing failure. And I think what it really goes back to is, is this going to be enough to keep you down? Or are you going to get back up and try again? You may get defeated multiple times in your life. But are you going to, in a sense, step back in that boxing ring, if you will, to try and take another swing at it? And so, one question that I had for you, Todd, actually, because I know owning and operating a sawmill in its own right could be dangerous, right? I think with that type of thing, you have to be more cautious in even something as simple as losing a limb or just having a process that you have to follow to make sure things are done safely and things are done correctly. Uh, Were there any lessons that you learned earlier on when owning and operating your own sawmill that you decided, hey, I need to take note of this, I need to learn from this, and I need to not let it happen again? Uh, yes, there, there's always a element of danger uh, whenever running sawmill, and I've I've had my near. Uh, I don't know if they. I guess it could have been fatal incident with the chainsaw. Part of that is you know and that was ha- ha- more of an issue of not properly assessing all the things that were going on around me at the time. But also, I, I feel that that incident was a, a, a kind of a pivot point for me. Fortunately, it wasn't as tragic as it could have been, and I was able. And I don't suffer any issues from it today. But uh, there's always a anytime you're working with uh, timber or livestock of any kind, there's always a an element of uh, of danger with it. And I know exactly what you mean. I believe in our previous conversations before recording this episode, you have done pretty severe damage to your leg um, up on your quad. And you were alone by yourself. And for me, that's one of those huge moments where it's certainly easy to be defeated because I know it was difficult for you to move. There's nobody to help you. You are injured. You are bleeding out. And you had to make a decision in that moment, because if you hesitated, if you said, I don't know if I can, you might not have made it 
to the podcast today. I'm not saying that everything is that intense and that dark, but that is certainly one of those moments where it is easy to be paralyzed by fear and not know what's going to happen. But it's inspiring to know that that's not something that held you back, that you were able to recover and not have any significant impairments. I had an experience like that as well when working at a sawmill. And I had a piece of wood slip under my glove and go straight through my hand. And same kind of instinct. I don't know if it's fight or flight. Um, I can't even say I felt the pain. I just knew that that's not where the wood should have been. And it went straight through the hand. I went to the ER. They pulled it out. I didn't even have any stitches or anything, but I was pumped full of antibiotics. And I only ended up missing two days of work. It was two days because I needed the company drug test to return. But just a very strange experience, but also kind of an empowering experience because it's really easy to give in and give up and say, well, I'm not doing that again. It was too scary. It was too traumatic. And I give up. That's it. But on here, we like to also talk about the defy defeat. I think the only way you can be defeated is if you quit trying. So that's not to say you can't adjust and go a different angle, um, but don't just stay on the ground and give up. You know, you both have had an element of danger in those two situations. I can think of at least a handful of people that are doing a job right now that they thoroughly enjoy that has an element of danger, whether it be an underwater welder, whether it be someone that goes up into the blinking towers to signal to planes and replacing those light bulbs. That's got to be 50,000 feet or higher in the air with the wind blowing. And you're just on this ladder. I mean, it's situations like that. I mean, those are just a few examples, but these people are still put in these situations where is this something I'm going to be able to handle? You know, even if I get defeated, even if I get injured, even if I feel that I am not equipped to handle this scenario, am I going to let this defeat me? And I think it may not be said verbally. It may not be even said in your head. But there's some kind of feeling that I think some people have in one point in their life when they're putting a scenario like that, that it's just kind of instinctual, if you will. You know, and it, it was kind of what you were saying, Weston, about your hand. You know, you didn't really feel the pain. You know, you just felt, okay, that that isn't right. That's not what this is supposed to be. It might be kind of a fight or flight scenario, but it could also be you know, you realize you're being tested in one way, shape, or form, whether it comes from an injury, whether it comes from, I don't know, if you're in school, for example, whether it comes from failing a test, or if you're trying to get your driver's license and you fail the driving test, there's all these points in time where, is this what's going to defeat you? You're being tested. What is the answer? And I think both of you have pushed past some of those scenarios. And like you mentioned earlier, Wes, and that's why you're both here now. That's it. And I, I wish I had a better way to say that. But there is something about the human experience where you don't know if you have it in you to push past the pain or push past the fear or push past the uncertainty. But somehow, coincidentally, you always have. 
even if you didn't have all the answers, even if your situation was not what you wanted, you've always found a way to make it here. And I've always said for me, if I find myself homeless, if I find myself jobless, if I somehow end up in prison, I hope not. Um, if I'm hurt or impaired in any other kind of way, I always tell people, don't try to rescue me. And that's not because I don't want help. That's not because I don't want out of my situation. Believe me, I would want to be out of that situation. But I understand that it's in those moments that I can find true strength or I can find what patience really is, not just patience that is within a timeline and something I can comprehend. But patience when it says, I need you to wait indefinitely. And it's even an opportunity for me to say, okay, I need to know when to ask for help. And really, it's in those moments where that's where you get those bursts of personal growth that I just don't think you get in your Monday through Friday, I'm going to enjoy my weekend kind of life that I normally live. It's a little bit mundane. So specifically talking back on the farm, Todd, how do you combat some of those things where, let's say, there's illness on the farm or there's injuries on the farm? How do you dial it back and focus on those individual animals and the individual aspects that need your attention? rather than looking at the bigger picture and saying, it's just falling apart. How do you do that? Well, when I started learning about the regenerative agriculture, and it's got, it's had different names over the years. But one of the things I, I started going to were, were they were called uh, pasture walks or almost kind of like a workshop type where you would hear people talk and we look at what others were doing on their farm and, and try to take, take some ideas away. And, uh, one of the workshops I went to name is, a uh, Dr. Alan Williams. And, and he was talking about epigenetics and, uh, premise of epigenetics is, uh, the influence of, uh, outside forces and how changes, you know, everything that lives within that ecosystem. There's some individuals that adapt and, and thrive and other individuals that don't do so well, but they're based on, on principles. And, and one of the things I started to realize is that we, we as I think people either put too much faith in systems and not not enough faith and principles and and so some some of what I've learned is a lot of what how nature works is on a set of principles instead of systems and there are several of these principles that kind of help guide and direct uh, what I I'm trying to accomplish on the farm and that's a wonderful perspective that I know most people don't have they don't really consider the farmer, they don't consider the average person who makes it happen, who produces not just food, but who fosters animal welfare. And for me, I will kind of detract away from the farming just a little bit. What I wanted to bring up was by no stretch do I consider you old, um, but I, I know that, Todd, you are almost twice my age and almost twice Chris's age. 
And some of what you've had to do in the amount of time and patience and frustration and the whole idea of failure to freedom that we've tried to embody and work through on here, you've gone through it twice as long as we have. And one of the conversations I had with Chris was saying, all right, so if I did put a time limit on how long you had to be patient, if I said it will take 30 more years, is that enough to discourage you? Is that enough to encourage you? And it's really something that I'm excited to have you on here because I know you've lived through it already. You know what that next 30 years looks like more than what we do, because it certainly has been frustrating, especially when you feel like, oh, well, I'm 45 now and I haven't run my business the way that I want to run my business. And it's extremely easy to be discouraged to the point of I don't have it in me anymore. I don't have the knowledge. I don't have the skill set. I have the passion, but I question, is that even enough anymore? And I'm just excited to know that your business is taking off and you're doing well. And you've kind of squashed the stereotype of, well, if I didn't do it by this time in my life, then I can never do it. And I want to know more about just your approach and your attitude of how you've done things, especially being truly patient and putting in the work and building your strategy and knowing that your timing and the timing that needs to happen are two separate things. It's one thing to be encouraged and excited, but it's a whole nother thing to accept not now because this needs to happen later. And I just want to know, do you have any tips or tricks for people or is it really just a matter of showing up every day? Is it that simple? Well, uh, there's several factors that play into that. Uh, you know, at, at 49, I, found myself divorced and of course didn't anticipate that at that stage in my life. But, and so I had to come to a decision of, uh, I've lived half my life or I, the other choice I had was, uh, I had the, another half to live. And that, that I think was the beginning of a realization to me that, that life is just really a series of, of choices that we're given and that's what kind of directs our path going forward so by accepting okay i've, I've got another half to live came across some books uh, one of them was written by george clausen uh, written in 1926 and it was called the richest man in babylon it's not a very long book but that that was you know before the depression some of the things, challenges that people face then. So it's almost 100 years old. And as I read that book, uh, it, it's written in the form of a parable. I realized, you know, what was true 5,000 years ago is just as true today. Humans dealt with then, still deal with the same things today. And as I, I really took that in, another book that, I came across was a little book called Farming Without the Bank, a woman by the name of Mary Jo Harmon. And through her, I learned about Nelson Nash and his life. And I actually had the opportunity to meet him before he passed away 
back in beginning of 2018. And I, I, I really feel that was a, a pivotal point in my life as well. And there's been a series of other, and currently this year I've been reading about the Diedrich Bonhoeffer and, and just what he took a stand. And so I, I feel like, you know, learn, learning from people, you know, uh, we like to think that the challenges that we face today are unique to us. We've always had these challenges. It's just how we interpret it. And I like how you you sort of turn to, and it could have just been coincidentally, but you turn to reading books and stumbling across something that you would have never realized unless you cracked it open. And that's one of the things from my personal life that I'm trying to be better about is actually reading books because I know there's a lot of hidden knowledge, a lot of hidden answers, a lot of direction, a lot of perspective that you may not even consider until you read it, right? We're going through life, and I, I said this before, and there could be two sides to this, you know, it's difficult to do something unless you've been shown, unless you've been proven by other people that it's already been done. And that's when, you know, you there's two sides to it. People will say, oh, well, that's impossible. And then there will be those people that say it is possible and I'm going to figure out how to do it. It's kind of like the Wright brothers, for example. Everybody thought they were crazy that they thought, hey, I'm tired of walking around, driving around. What if we could fly? You know, what, what if we could ourselves fly or what if we could build a machine that saved time by getting us from point A to point B faster. And people thought they were crazy, and then they did it. Same thing I'm sure happened with, we talked about previously, Thomas Edison creating the light bulb, creating electricity. I'm sure there were people out there at the time that said, that's impossible, it's never going to happen. And so, when you say some of these things that we've been dealing with 5,000 years ago, and some of the things we're dealing with now, it's all the same. It might just be a different perspective. It might be a different era. It might be a different situation. I, I do agree with that because, you know, going back into the book aspect of things, there have been people that found these solutions. And that's not to say that one solution fits all. You know, there's different perspectives. There's different solutions to one problem. But the fact that you found these books in specific parts of your life that kind of puts you on your own road to success, I think is very powerful. I've actually read The Richest Man in Babylon myself, and I do have to say that after that, it kind of broadened my mind. It kind of made me think, okay, well, if this book is out there, what else can I find? You know, And so that kind of started my journey as well to seeking more knowledge, to seeking more authors, to you know, seeking more people that are like-minded, seeking more people that don't want to do the typical nine to five job, but they want to do it a different way in some of these people that find success in all these different ways. I find it empowering because it's almost like everybody has their own story and putting that in words that you can read and teach other people is just a great thing. I would also add that, you know, I also like to be considered historical fiction, whether it be part of the old West or just different periods of time and but one of them I've, I've really have enjoyed is they actually made a kind of a mini series out of it. It's called the Pillars of the Earth, and it takes place back 1100 in England, and it just shows the challenges of 
how life was then, but it also showed the vision of some of the people and, and the challenges that, you know, people that actually tried to defeat them and how they just persevered. From that, kind of developed the idea that kind of like a trinity, patience, perseverance, and discipline. The idea of the trinity is that each side is equal to the other. And if we concentrate too much on just one side, it's not going to be able to support anything. What I've begun to notice is that the idea of the Trinity is such a powerful concept. It is embedded in almost every part of nature. And just to give an example of that, in order for grass to grow, you have to have three things. The soil, you have to have sunlight, and you have to have adequate rainfall. Any one of those things are out of balance. Things aren't going to work right. And and also you have your season. Divided it up into four segments, but, you know, really you've got three specific times of the year work within. Marcus Aurelius said you could leave life at any moment and let that determine what you say, think, and do. Chris, I know you and I had a very brief but very intense conversation about life as we know it, just never returning to what we thought was normal. Like normal doesn't exist anymore. This is normal where nothing is certain. That's the new normal now. And that's where we're expected to operate. For a lot of people, that is something where you are staring in the face of defeat. And it can be a broken relationship. It can be a lost job. It can be homelessness. It can be many of those things all at once that is enough to really make people consider defeat as an option. But that doesn't change the course of action for the people that make it through and endure. And I always have to wonder, what is it about the placebo that makes people feel healthy in a lot of instances? You can see situations where people just believe that they're getting help, they're getting aid, they have support. And all they've been given is a sugar pill. And somehow that is enough. Just the idea that I thought I was being helped. I thought I had support. I thought there was a way out. That was enough to make a difference. Even though there was no help, there was no added benefit. I would say life has twists and turns in store for all of us. And our job is to be ready. And that's what it means to defy defeat. Rather, our job is... Not to fall out of readiness, our job is to keep training and to anticipate the uncertain. So that when the unexpected comes, it's not unexpected at all. We're ready, we can step up and do our job just like we always have, and we feel confident going towards the next challenge. One thing that it kind of reminded me of is, and again, I'm referencing a speaker that I thoroughly enjoy after you listen to, countless times it's Jim Rohn and he talks about seizing the spring you know almost in 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 farming terms you got to seize the spring because you only get spring you know a couple times it's one of those opportunities where you need to seize it because you might lose it kind of like in a previous episode you referenced if you have freedom you have to work for it because you will lose it and what he also says is Winter will always come. The dark times will always come. 
the period in which you have to kind of hunker down and just wait for it to pass will come. Night will come. How are you going to get past that? What are you going to do to make it through? What are the steps you're going to take to ensure that you'll be there when the season is over? You'll be there when the morning comes. You'll be there to reap in spring. And so that's kind of part of it, too. You know, it goes with the saying, reap what you sow. Well, in literal terms, if you put in the work, if you planted a seed, if you took care of your idea, if you took care of the seed, if you took all the extra steps to do research, to plan, to buy the things that you needed in some instances, or learn the things that you needed to learn to get to the point of being able to complete the task at hand, that's you sowing your seed. That's you planting your seed. That's you getting things ready. And kind of what Todd spoke about, for grass to grow, you need adequate sunlight, you need the soil, and then you need rainfall. Or if you're in an area, for example, that doesn't rain very often, make sure that it gets water. And so essentially, that's the baseline of the Trinity, but that's also the baseline of nearly every idea you can think of. In other aspects of the terms, the Trinity, it could be research. And so with research, that's the soil, right? In order to get to the point of knowing what you're doing, you need to do some research, you need to do some training, you need to do some educating, maybe you get a tutor, maybe you get a mentor. So that's the soil part of it. And then it goes into the sunlight, right? So those are the experiences that you're going through to where things are great, things are bright, you're experiencing new things, you're in the new season. You know, the sunlight is what's going to make the plant grow. And then, of course, a saying that I stumbled upon recently that I really enjoy is, you can't have a rainbow without sunlight and rain. So, with the rain, some people may look at it as a negative thing. It's like, why does it have to rain all the time? It brings my mood down. Well, in any idea, the rain is what gives your idea nourishment. So that could be funding your business. That could be reading these books that Todd was speaking about. That could be learning from people by going to workshops. You know, you're nourishing your seed for it to grow. And then with all those things combined, your idea becomes a reality. And I know that sounds cliche, and you may not succeed at first, but that's kind of what this episode is about. If you fail, are you getting back up and trying again? Are you approaching it from a different angle? What are you doing to continue forward? Or are you letting that stop you from accomplishing your goal? And I couldn't say it better myself. My final thoughts on the matter are a gemstone cannot be polished without friction. And a man cannot be perfected without trials. So whatever you're going through, whatever finds its way to you, and entices you to be defeated and throw in the towel, make a decision not to be defeated. Look for another option, maybe sidestep, detour, and get through it like you've gotten through other things before. Don't forget what you're capable of. And with that, I would like to thank Todd for coming on today. You have been a wonderful guest. You've been an inspiring guest for people that are not even our age. The idea of Defying defeat goes beyond just being in your 20s and your 30s, and you embody that. 
and I appreciate it. And I want to thank you for being on the podcast today. Thank you, Weston, for very gracious words and one thing. In closing, I want wherever we find ourselves at, uh, whatever challenges, you just we just need to respect the process that, of learning whatever challenges we're facing. And I've been able to f- find new mate named Ashley and met her about six years ago. And for all the challenges of the last year or so, uh, we've decided to end the year on a very positive end. And, and so we're actually making things official at the end of the year and getting married. And, and so I'm very thankful she sees the merit value and what I'm trying to accomplish here on the farm. And we work together on this. We'd like to thank you for joining us today with this episode of the Failure to Freedom podcast. Remember, we deliver weekly episodes to our website and other streaming platforms such as Spotify and Apple iTunes. If you have ideas of topics you'd like us to discuss, sign up for our email newsletter on our website. Failtosale.com It's been a pleasure. And until next time, guys, happy sailing.